got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here and welcome back to Coffee and Crypto. This is the morning technical analysis live show on YouTube for cryptocurrencies where we cover everything latest on the technical analysis, fundamental analysis, and on-chain analysis for Bitcoin and crypto. And today we're going to talk about how Elon Musk and Charles Hoskinson could theoretically team up to create a Twitter plan B. Charles Hoskinson tweeted out recently that he would be perfectly willing to work with Elon Musk on an alternative to Twitter if Twitter does not sell to Elon Musk. We're going to be talking a little bit more about that story because some developments have been made on the legal side of Twitter trying to be bought by Elon Musk. And we're also going to talk about many other things, including the Bitcoin whales and how they are moving money off of exchanges. How will that affect the price? We're also going to talk about the options expiry that's coming in today here in exactly one hour. We're going to discuss what impact that may have on the price of Bitcoin. And we're also going to do some technical analysis on Bitcoin and the rest of your favorite projects. So guys, Guys, we got a great show lined up for you today. I am looking forward to it. It's going to be a good Friday. Oh, wait, it is good Friday. So shout out to everyone who celebrates Good Friday and Easter. I am joined, as always, by T.A. Tam. How you doing, Tam? What's up, everybody? How about that Ethereum video last night? Yeah, I was solid. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go watch it as soon as this show is up. Don't leave the show right now. Stay here. After don't, no, don't, it, leave. don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave. It's It's good stuff. Was good stuff. T Shroom wrote that video. Good job to T Shroom. Solid video. Do you want to know where Ethereum is heading? I made a video on that last night. Tim, how are you doing though? You didn't tell me. I, I'm doing as good as that Ethereum video is, which is fantastic. Oh, okay. So go again after the stream. Go watch the. There you go. Watch this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, perfect. Well, thank you guys so very much for doing that, but wait until the end of the stream. Make sure to hit that like button if you haven't already. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit both of those notifications. Hit that notification bell. Hit all of those buttons down below. Make sure to follow us on social media. And I am also joined as, not always, but as today by Kelly Kellum. How are you doing, Kelly? I'm doing great, man. I decided to flip my camera around, as you could see, because uh, the, the, the wall behind me was just a little too plain. And uh, now we got the live action with the doggies running around. We always had my, my wife has a dog business, so we always uh, have different dogs here. But uh, now we can see the money tree. We see there's green it's flourishing. It's setting oh. up that bullish sort of, uh, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, whatever the word is. Uh, setting up some bullishness with the market, but we got a lot to talk about today. The market's still, uh, you know, frustrating us as, as much as it can, but uh, there's some signs there. There might be some things uh, that are on the move. You know, we got some great exchange uh, data sh uh, showing some whales are doing some really bullish movements. So uh, I'm just happy to be here. Happy um, everybody's here with us. Well, Smash that like here, button. Kelly. You got a great looking apartment, my friend. It's beautiful back there. I like the angle. I like the charts behind you. And I definitely like the dog. What kind of dog is that? Uh, a Frenchie, I believe. I don't know. We Frenchie. we started like a watching it yesterday. Hey, she's a little she's a little Tasmanian devil. <laughs> <laughs> little Tasmanian devil. That or it's one of the largest rats in all of New York City. Yes, that's yeah, a, that's yeah, a big yeah. rat. That's a big rat. You got to be careful. It's New York City. I've never actually been to New York City. I want to go sometime. But before I go, I also have to introduce May. How are you Where doing? Where you May? go? Where are you going? New York City. Okay. I don't know when. Might be uh, tomorrow. Might be in ten mm, years. But I plan middle on of the show. All right, middle guys. of the show. All right. <laughs> I'd like to take a moment to say that today is a good day um, and that that Ethereum video is the start of something new and I'm so excited Ooh. about it. You guys watch that Ethereum video. Don't just think, oh, this is going to be a one-off project they do. No, this is like the new standard, guys. I'm so excited. It you like, like our videos are about to be so much better than they've ever been and I'm so excited about it. But uh, you know what I'm more excited about? I'm more excited about these green names. So I'm going to go ahead and hit you with some of them. We got Crypto Set Guy. We got wow. Elliot Locke. We got Matt C. We got Sultan of Salt. Who else we got here? We got Mike Markle. We got uh, 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 Groovy. We got uh, uh, Tom Wilkes. Uh, Jeepers, we've got Crypto JMP. Jeepers, we got Crypto JMP. Uh, who else we got? Gosh. We got Jeremy Shorter. Uh, and and who, else, who else we got here? Who so, else have we you ever got? seen a Goofy movie? Uh, I'll, do, I'll do an Anakin one. We got Grand Roofing Incorporated. Yeah. And then Can I do one? Like, uh, we got Dennis Pizarca. My name's Jordan mm, Peterson. Oh, oh, or I might be Kermit. No, 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 no. I got another one. I got another one. You ready? <clears throat> Ooh, Pizarca Dennis it is. 
Okay. Okay. All right. That was really Back to you, Jeff. Back to me. But for what? Oh, that's right. I'm hosting the show. Okay, guys, we got a lot to jump into today. It's going to be a great show. I'm looking forward to it. Today's show is brought to you by iTrust Capital. I trust iTrust Capital. And if you are looking to get into cryptocurrency with your retirement accounts and set yourself up with a tax shelter that benefits you when you invest for the long term, I highly encourage you to get signed up with iTrust Capital. They have a 1% fee. Most similar products have 12% over in the traditional markets. It's very, very, very rare. In fact, I think it's completely impossible to find anything close to that low in cryptocurrency. They are the industry leader by a long shot and for a very good reason. They're also adding a lot of new features coming up relatively soon. So make sure to check out iTrust Capital if you have a retirement account and you want to invest with that tax shelter in crypto. It's a very good idea, I do believe. But we have a lot to talk about. Let's go ahead and jump onto the chart right now. Bitcoin's trading at $40,000, and it's sad because we're going to talk about the HODL trophy a little bit later. We decided at 1045, right? So I got time. 1045, yeah. 1045. Well, it's going to be more like 1055. 1055? 1055. Okay, I thought it was 1045. Why are we changing it? We never said 1045. Oh, I thought it was 1045. No, this is the, well, this is the first time it's ever been a, a 10 o'clock or a 10 to 11 o'clock win. So it, we, it used it to be 1025, minutes five minutes before the end of the, clo- the oh, okay. show. I thought it was so 15 now it's minutes 1055, yeah. Right. Well, what we're talking about, if you don't know, we have something called the huddle trophy, which I am not sure whose desk it's on right now. And it's where on it the floor next to you. Oh, hey. Uh, uh, I have it right I, here. I, I won it last, uh, last Last time. Kelly won it last time, so I'm holding it for him. Thank you very much, Kelly. Bitcoin needs to be above $40,250 for me to win said HODL trophy. Is that correct, Tim? Yeah, it needs to be about yeah. four. Yeah, forty thousand two fifty. Which is again, that's two hundred fifty bucks. It can definitely get there. It can get there. Come but on, guys. I need y'all to pump the price. If you had ever planned on buying Bitcoin, now's the time. Not financial advice. It's just a joke. But definitely help me out here because I'd love to win the Hoddle Trophy. The travesty of the Hoddle Trophy, though, and, yeah. and people, if you were here on Tuesday, Oof. you remember this. Oof. Jeb said lie. Uh, Forty-two thousand. Which means no. if that had been the case, everything over forty thousand would have been. He would have won by like right now. If we are closed it right now, but he clarified. He thought he said forty two five hundred. We gave it to him. We said you can have it, and it might just cost him. It's might it's just like him. trading. You got to pick your pick your shots, and you know yeah. you have to take them confidently because when yeah. you flip flop, you end up on the bottom. I thought I I thought I had said the same thing both times, but I hadn't. The no. the, the, the the stream proved it. Anyway, that's okay. That's all right. I don't need the most awesome trophy in the history of existence for a week anyway. I guess. Anywho, let's see. Ethereum's trading at $3,000. Tether trading at an astonishing $1. Never seen that price there before. Binance Coin sitting nearly at $420. Come on, we got to pump Binance Coin also. We'll get Elon Musk back in the space if something's sitting at $420. XRP sitting at $0.77. Cents. Solana sitting at a nice crisp $100. Dono sitting at $95. Terra sitting at $80. Luna's had a pretty big drop over the last little while. It did just hit an all-time high two weeks ago, so big shout-out to Luna. They recently passed, what was it, Tesla in their Bitcoin holdings. I think Tom Wilkes pointed that out in chat a couple days ago. Uh, yeah, Tesla, if I remember correctly, is about 40,726 Bitcoin. I might be wrong on that number. That's just a number I have in my head. And then it's around 40,000, though. Luna just passed out a couple days ago. They're sitting above 42,000. So they are now the second largest holder of Bitcoin behind the company, MicroStrategy, not behind Michael Saylor. They're already ahead of Michael Saylor himself, but behind the company, MicroStrategy, sitting on 130,000 Bitcoin. That's a ridiculous sum of money. But Luna is well on his way to being the largest Bitcoin holder, short of Satoshi Nakamoto. Avalanche sitting down 3%. Dogecoin sitting at 15 cents. It's really funny. I was talking to my banker yesterday, and he has a very, very sad story of a friend of his that put $30,000 in Doge when it was up closer to a dollar, when it was much higher than it is now. And uh, my friend, he's not doing well. So we got to make sure we do our research. DYOR, do your own research and make sure that you're getting into the right projects. Dogecoin is not a terrible thing to get into because it's the leader of the meme space and there is some value in that but definitely don't go putting your life savings into it like that guy make sure you always invest less than you are able to lose make sure you're not investing too much but let's go ahead and jump on over to bitcoin right now bitcoin is trading just below where i need it to be sitting at forty thousand one hundred and thirteen dollars and there's quite a bit that we need to unpack right now i'm going to do a basic just kind of a briefing on what the end on what the market is doing right now and then i want tam to tell us a little bit about some of the more specifics. So what we're seeing right now on Bitcoin, I'm going to show you the daily chart and I'll let him look at the shorter term time frames. What we're seeing on the daily chart right now is that we have a general uptrend here that we've been in for the last couple of months. Now, if we were to bring up Lux Algo, like we talked about on yesterday's stream, what you're going to see is that we're technically ranging. You can see right here in the bottom right, it says the market state is ranging. That more or less means the market is trading sideways, but it's not exactly trading sideways. It is technically setting higher highs and higher lows. 
And it is technically also in a downtrend on the shorter term timeframes and an uptrend on the longer term timeframes. So it's not just straight up going sideways with equivalent highs and equivalent lows. It is actually in a trend. It's just a very flat trend. So that means that, uh, uh, that Bitcoin is attempting to move to the upside, but it's having trouble. It's not able to really get them. It's not able to really get the momentum and the strength behind it that it needs in a similar way to what we saw in July. In July of 2021, when Bitcoin kicked off a rally, pushed up to $42,000, it just kept going. It didn't need to have these major, massive drops like we've seen in the last 14 days. Instead, it was able to pull back for you know a week, and then it bounced and kept rallying and set a major higher low. In this case right now, what I'm seeing on Bitcoin is that we've come down and we've set a new low at $39,000, where our previous low was at $37,600. It's only about 4% away. And that leads me to believe that, yes, the bulls are in charge, but not by much. And then you get down to the shorter term time frames that I'm about to throw to Tim. And it kind of looks like we're setting up a head and shoulders pattern here. They could be pushing us lower. Tim, based on the sentiment, based on you know the, the interest in the space right now, because that's a, that's a fickle thing that's very important. And based on you know just everything that you're saying, do you think that we're about to break down below, you know, 38,700, one of those important levels and set a new lower low? Or are we going to be able to maintain this higher low, even though it's not very strong, it is a higher low and we'd like to do that. I got some good news and some bad news for everybody. Good news is that when we see major adjustments to news stories, when we see new breaking things happening, uh, things can change quickly. The bad news is, is the technicals at the moment are definitely on these smaller time frames, not giving us a lot of hope here and, and, and for an upside. Because on the daily chart, I'll go that real quick, just because, you know, all of that is still there. Jeb, we talked about the other day, but we still have this bullish uh, RSI divergence. We still have, if I pull up the Bollinger Bands, we still had just rejected off the bottom. It's opening up a little bit more, so there's room to go down there, but we did have a rejection there. We also, on the TD Sequential, just had that nine flash, and then we are printing right now a green one or a bullish one. Uh, so this is good stuff here on the daily chart. However, when I come back down to the four hourly and I go down lower, we got a couple more problems. So the first thing I see right here, I told you guys, look at that green line right there. We talked about this yesterday. I wanted us to get above that green line to cancel out this bearish RSI divergence. We didn't get it. What am I talking about right here? Let's see these peaks right here. This peak is actually, it's, it's kind of flattish, but it's on its way up. The RSI is moving up. What is the price doing in that same timeline? It's going down. That is a continuation, a hidden bearish RSI divergence. That might have been what this warrant is right here, but I see no signs of it stopping. If anything, looking at the RSI, you guys see that yellow line right there. We don't talk about this very often, and so in case you guys haven't watched the show for a while, this yellow line, this uptake to RSI is the 14-day moving average of the RSI. We just rejected off of it. Uh, that's one of the reasons it's so important is it, it kind of helps to see. You guys see several times go back in history. We use it for support, for resistance. In this case, it looks like we're using it for resistance. Also, if I pull up the Bollinger Bands, we're sitting right now at the bottom side of the 20 daily, or 20 daily, 24 hourly SMA. Again, we came up with green candles, we touched the line, and now that we've touched it, they're red candles. It looks like we're rejecting off of it. That is showing us to the downside. If I go down to the hourly chart, we get a little bit better of a picture. We're really kind of the, the Bollinger Bands aren't huge. We're on the top side of it, but this this kind of accumulation, this squeezing is usually what happens before a breakout. A lot of signs are pointing to the downside. Again, good news. Fundamentals and news can change all this really quickly, but I'm just here to show you guys what the charts are saying. The same kind of thing is happening. Let me get rid of this red line right here. We had some bearish RSI divergence uh, on a shorter time frame with that same peak. Again, prices kept moving up here while the RSI moved down. That kind of explains this. But that thing that we talked about, Jeb just mentioned, are we potentially, and this is a potential, I want to be very clear, it's not set in stone yet, are we setting up a head and shoulders pattern? This is the question mark yeah. right here, this right shoulder. We got a left shoulder, that's a pretty clean left shoulder. We got a nice looking head. This is actually, unsadly, would be one of the prettier looking head and shoulders patterns or inverse head and shoulders patterns we've seen recently. But let's extrapolate what would happen if we did have this play out. This is our neckline right here. We're using right here because that's the cleaner part of the head. I go and measure from the top of the head, this top part right here, down to the neckline. Let me make it as straight as possible. There we go. It's not perfect, but, you know, 
Good enough for government work. <laughs> if I, I scroll question. down here, this gives us a price prediction of 37.8, 37.7. Somewhere in the region I did it earlier is 37.7. This would do, going back to the daily chart, we talked about the good news of what Bitcoin is doing right now, respecting this ascending level, this ascending zone of support. This head and shoulders pattern, if it confirms and if it plays out, would break it. And in that case, now we go back to something we've talked about a long time ago, is 35 or lower, potentially 30,000 in the cards. I think it's too early to Say that for certain we're going to talk about some different metrics i know kelly's gonna have some stuff to say that, that that might not be likely but at the same time you got to prepare yourself for anything that's what we're seeing right now in the charts absolutely and i think it's very important that we pay close attention to these technicals and the fundamentals because and also it's very important that we don't get overly biased in one direction and think okay well the market's just doing great right now so we're going to rally or the market's doing terrible right now so we're just going to crash we have to weigh both of our options kelly i want to hear your thoughts on which direction this market is going to go are we going to be able to hold above $40,000? Or are we going to start dropping as a result of lack of interest in this market? Well, you know, uh, and we'll put, pull up some metrics here in a bit showing, uh, you know, there's a, been a lot of whale movement that's been happening. Uh, and not only whale movement, but just huge ex exchange outflows. But I was looking at the chart yesterday and I saw something that's a little bit scarier. Uh, in it's scary just when you look at when you're looking at specifically only the very short term time frame. But if you zoom out a little bit from that, you see it actually ends up being incredibly bullish. So I'm going to share my screen with you right now to show you this uh, sort of pattern fractal that uh, that outlines this. Now, this this is our current chart right here. And this is basically the I'm, I'm going to zoom out in a second. But this is when we crashed down in uh, in April, May, and we had the sideways action that then ended up springing up to uh, you know, the next rally that went up to 68, 69K. But what I want you to notice here is here, where we're at right here, this comes up and we have this M top, which is this M top right here. And then this pulls back, which is right here. And then this uh, rockets back to the upside right here, pulls way back right here. And then it kind of comes up, pulls back, same thing right here, rejects off the top, holds at the bottom here on the on the support, which is exactly where we're at right now. And then this is why it gets a little scary because then the price actually goes down and, and builds that that final spring over the next, uh, was it June? Uh, basically over the next month, uh, we dropped and scared the life out of everybody. And then it just went up, up and away from there. So it is a little scary when we look at it uh, in this respect, but when we're looking at the open interest, uh, when we're looking at open interest and other things, uh, other things like that, uh, you know, it makes sense because the market's, the markets, people keep trying to get that ultimate bottom and then long with 50x leverage and 25x leverage. And then essentially you're providing liquidity, you're providing uh, Bitcoin and your assets to these other people that are uh, a lot more risk managed traders that are looking it's basically like it's called stop hunt uh stop hunting where they're they're seeing all this liquidity on the order books where people are a little too excited about where the price is at and they're trying to get that ultimate bottom and then what they do is they push it up like i just showed and then it comes back down it's it's this liquidating longs then liquidating shorts and then liquidating longs until the until the market gets uh to that point of uh like ultimate uh, max pain despair so this very much could be in the cards uh however However, you know, last night when we were uh, speaking on the on Crypto Answered on Twitter Spaces, you know, with Plan C, we had Tech Dev, TXMC, and, uh, and Jesse Olson, all these guys in Crypto Vet as well. Everybody agreed that it's uh, you know, there's a lot of floor models that are suggesting that 27, uh, 27 to 33k uh, could be the bottom. Uh, some people thought the bottom could have already been in, but the thing is. We have to trade and invest right now. If, if you're not just set up on an automatic DCA, which is the smartest thing to do, if you're actually trying to time targets to enter, right now is uh, just sideways and unconfirmed direction. So it, it, it's it's smart if for any trades that you make, I highly recommend uh, uh, reserving yourself and not doing any leverage in these positions mm -hmm. until we get a confirmed direction because we have yeah. no confirmed direction. We very well could break down and go into an extended bear market from here, but we also very well could uh, hit that spring and then launch up into that final leg. Now, I don't want to say final leg because I think it's going to be like Willie Wu said, where it's, uh, you know, not these massive downturns and massive upsides, but, uh, you know, periods of uh, upward movement and then pullbacks of 40 to 60%, 50% about and then up we're getting. So I think we are going to get another leg up. Uh, but again, this is all so contingent on what's happening on the geopolitical stage. So right now is the time to, to trade safe and uh, uh, place your place your trades with good risk management. Absolutely.
absolutely. And I think that's it. I think that's the biggest point right now in in these ranging markets. We are technically in an uptrend, but it's so weak that you yeah. know we can also call it a range. Bitcoin can really do a whole lot from here. It's basically sit. Let's not forget that this uptrend that we've been in since January is also a gigantic bear flag pointing at twenty thousand dollars. So there there are there are two narratives going on here, and we can't overemphasize one or the other. We have to make sure that we provide both of them a chance to speak. You have to make sure that you are uh, balancing both options and understanding that either faction can take charge. And uh, if we forget that, then we're going to run into a lot of trouble. But really quickly, I want to bring up a longer term metric that Michael, I believe it was, talked about in chat. It's not a metric, excuse me, it's a trend line. And then we're going to jump into some super chats here in about five minutes. He called it the legacy trend line. I've never heard it called that, but that makes a lot of sense. Tim, I want to talk to you about this. Mm. In a second, you'll be able to see my screen. Can you see my screen? I can see it. Yes, do zoom. I can see it right now. So you're familiar with this trend line, right? You remember this trend line. He called it the legacy trend line. I think this is the trend line he's talking about. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is what he means. Yeah. This is a very powerful trend that I have been using for the last three years. I remember when the market dropped down to this level in uh, to $3,000 in January of 19. I remember drawing this trend line based on price action back here in 2015, and then we figured out what the angle was on this market. You can see during the uh, pandemic drop, where Bitcoin dropped 50% in the span of, uh, of a day, we dropped massively below this, and then fought our way to getting back up above it. After we confidently were above that line, then we took off like a rocket ship. Right now, and over the last four months, we have been riding this line. And Michael's question is something to the effect of... Are we going to manage to hold this line, or are we going to drop below it in a big way? And what happens if we do? So, Tim, what do you think about the legacy trend line, and do you think that we are going to drop below it in a huge way, and that's going to lead into an extended bear market? Or do you think we're going to bounce off of it and hold it like we always have? Or do you think it's just not that big of a deal and it's something that we shouldn't pay attention to? So you're starting to get into—you don't need to go to my screen, Smay. I'm just going to talk to you this. You're starting to get into a zone where TA is an art form. There's another line that we used a long time ago that had a, it, it actually rooted itself in the base point of what we just saw last summer of 2021. There's a lot of lines, and, and you could call them spider lines, you can call them whatever. TA is an art form. I also think using that, that has a lot of historical data. It's been used a lot for support. It briefly comes down, breaks below it, goes back up. Here's what you need to remember, though, about the market is just because something has happened in the past doesn't mean it's 100% going to continue. I do think at some point, Bitcoin was kind of getting off its feet. It was going, it exploded. There's going to be a point where it's, it's got so much adoption, so much use case that those lines get defunct. Like that's the whole concept of people saying the cycle. Like if people have been talking about when a bear, when a bull market's going to happen, when a bear market's going to happen based off the cycles that we've seen, there's going to be a time, whether it's right now or in the future, where those cycles are debunked, they no longer work. So I think that just like everything else in technical analysis, do not use this one metric and say, well, I'm going to make a prediction off of that. I don't even really like making predictions based off of two metrics. It's when I start seeing three, four, five, when I see the news start to confirm the, the what you're seeing happen in the charts, because that's the real big thing is technical analysis without any news or any fundamental thought is not the right way to go. Technical analysis in light of what's happening in the news and fundamental analysis is actually the confirmation you need. So I think there's a lot at play here that I would give weight to that line. I think that's a line that you should be considering and looking at. But anyone who's saying, well, that's the line. This is what it's done in the past. So automatically it must do this. Rules are meant to be broken, especially in technical analysis. The art of technical analysis is knowing when that being able to look at other things to say, all right, this time this is not going to play out. This time it is going to play out. Uh, and again, don't use technical analysis as a crutch to not follow the news as well. Absolutely. And technical analysis is the art, not the science of identifying trends so that we can look at what the market has done in the past so that we can predict what the market may do in the future so that we're be- better able to understand how to trade and profit in those markets. That's basically the long and the short of how I define technical analysis. So make sure that you guys understand technical analysis. And the way that you can do that is by checking out Club DeFi. I wanted to I wanted to show one more thing as well that could be incredibly explosive for the market. Uh, And it just depends on what happens with, uh, you know, the the global markets at large. But that's looking right here. Uh, Somebody just reminded me in chat. This is the Dixie uh, and the Dixie is essentially the dollar index. And the dollar index is important because it has a very strong uh, inverse correlation with the market direction. So if you look right here, uh, this this point right here is uh, basically uh, uh, 
2017. Uh, I'm going to make this a little bit brighter so you can see it. Uh, 2017 to uh, what do you call it? Uh, to 2018 uh, bull market. Look at this. This is when the Dixie was falling. And then this right here was uh, 20, basically the 2020 bull run right here. So this is while the Dixie was falling and we're coming up right now. And depending on how you draw this trend line, uh, whether you're doing it directly at the top of the wick or on the candle body, we're in, we're somewhere in that region that it doesn't mean that Dixie's going to get rejected here and break down and start another bull run. But looking at this correlation is definitely something, uh, you know, as we're talking about the upside and the downside a second ago, this is something that is definitely worth watching, you know, in conjunction with, uh, you know, this metric showing you know and i mentioned this before this huge outflow that we're having this 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 outflow that's coming right here where it's like very very accelerated and growing and growing just like here uh and this basically preceded this huge bull run this right here preceded this huge bull run and we've done the same thing with a massive amount of outflows you know something like 45 thousand uh bitcoin have, have come off uh in this downtrend in march so there are a lot of things and this is why you know as you said ta is an art form and there's a uh, txmc mentioned it last night on on crypto answered you know one of the things that that's uh an issue right now is the absolute overwhelming amount of data that we have available to us right now. Uh, and so sometimes we can get uh, 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 paralysis by analysis, you know, trying to look at too many things. So you need to sort of focus on what your strategy is and what's worked for you. And if it hasn't worked for you, what you can change, because there's so much data that if you're a bear shows that we're going to go absolute to the downside. But there's also so much data if you're a bull that shows we're absolutely going to rock to the upside. My, my sort of viewpoint on it is, if the trend is your friend into the end, well, we're in a very macro bull uh, uh, setup right now. Uh, and so the likelihood of a, a small pullback uh, is sort of irrelevant to the upside that's going to uh, come from it. So I do think we very well li likely could get a wick down, but I don't think it's going to be a sustained downturn from here because of all these other bullish uh, uh, metrics that are showing that uh, we're setting up for a very bullish uh, sort of uh, maybe a third quarter and fourth quarter of this year. Boom. Well, there you go, guys. That was some great analysis by Kelly and Tim. Thank you guys so very much for all of that. By the way, Lane Hughes, I do not mind giving you a shout-out on stream. Shout-out to you, my friend. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the stream, and thank you very much for tuning in. Love y'all. Love all of our subscribers, and we're very glad you're here. Let's go ahead and read some super chats that you guys have been so donate, uh, so donatious. So donatious. So gracious to give. Can you tell I'm running on a little sleep? Uh, so gracious to give, and then we will move on to some news having to do with Charles Hoskinson and Elon Musk potentially partnering to make a competitor to Twitter. We'll see what happens with that. Let's go. Uh, Crypto Sec Guy said Bitcoin 2023 tickets are on sale for 250 Wait, really? This is a steal since that they were about steal. 800 just for the commerce. Actually, there were some that were like 1,000. Yeah, uh, they were, yeah. Already got mine. So, yeah, if anyone's looking really? to get tickets cheap, good good shout out there, Crypto Sec. There you go, definitely. Jeffrey, we know him as Jeffrey. T.A. Tim's troll. Uh, <laughs> Who likes pineapple on pizza? Yeah. That's how we know you're wrong. I, no, I would, hang on. I'm sorry. i got to tell you this. I was at a real estate agent's office yesterday, and they asked us the question, do you like pineapple on pizza? And we said, no, absolutely not. And he said, that's, a good, that's interesting, because I can tell you what kind of house you want based on how you like your pizza. And we said, oh, really? What, what kind of house is somebody that likes pineapple on pizza like? And he said, you like a lot of color. And I thought that was hilarious. I just had to share that. That was pretty funny. All right. Let's see here. <laughs> Grand Roofing Incorporated said, friendly heads up, keep a close eye on all of your accounts and email service, uh, server bank cards and accounts. A lot of people being hacked and compromised recently. Yeah, you do have to be careful with that. That's the internet when you don't have scarcity. Oh, wait, look at that. Blockchain technology can fix that. Thank you very much. Bitcoin, Cardano, Ethereum, Solana, and all these other projects. Because scamming and phishing is a lot harder if you had digitally verifiable identity. But we don't have that on the internet because there is no such thing as digital scarcity outside of the blockchain industry. So let's continue investing in Bitcoin and crypto because it doesn't just solve problems of finance. It also solves problems of, um, you know, societal rules and regulations online, I suppose you could say. Okay, can we can we take that moment also for anybody watching to take just take a second if you're following any of us on Twitter, uh, you can or Twitter or Instagram, any of our socials, go down to the description section of this video and double check that you're following the correct because like my, myself, I have at least 15 fake accounts that clone my account and repost the same. So it looks yeah. like my account with Kellum with a dot 
dot am kellum with three l all the and same with crypto jab there's probably 65 there's different fake accounts so take this moment and make sure you're following the correct page because we don't want any of you to get to get down. fished by somebody that's posing as us absolutely that's right that's right we got one right here from oreo 357 saying cypher has a blood diamond on the weekly how much significance would you put on that we talked about that a little bit the other day but jeb what are your thoughts well the blood okay so the thing about the blood diamond is that yes it showed up but a lot of people are trying to trade off of one metric and this is something i've warned people against for my entire career here on youtube if you trade based off of one metric it's oftentimes going to lead to trouble that's not to say that one metric can't be ridiculously powerful that's not to say that one metric on its own can't make the entire case for a trend reversal there can be one metric that precedes all the others and maybe the blood diamonds doing that however I would look for some more confirmation. Even with Lux Algo, I don't just use the buy and the sell signals. I let other parts of Lux Algo confirm Lux Algo, and then I'll actually normally go in even more, even deeper, and I'll look for several other confirmations. I'll look at the RSI, I'll look at the MACD, I'll look at maybe Market Cipher, I'll look at you know volume, 20 exponential moving average, TD sequential, candlestick formations, Bollinger Bands, name it, you see it, It's it, you confirm it with multiple things. So yes, there is a blood diamond on the weekly, it's the first time in history. That being said, um, Market Cypher has not existed for the entire history of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. It can do back analysis, and it, and, it's, and, it, and it's extrapolated back. And I'm not saying that Market Cypher is a bad product. I actually really like Market Cypher. The thing is, though, a lot of people want to trade based off of that one metric because, oh my gosh, it's a blood diamond. It's called a blood diamond. It must be terrible. It's bearish, but don't put all of the stock or maybe i should say all of the bitcoin in the world and it just don't overemphasize one technical indicator and forget about everything else now there are other things they're pointing bearish and if you make the argument okay i think we're going bearish and the blood diamond is part of it then great that's a sound argument potentially but if you just say okay there's a blood diamond we're going to crash just be careful with that yeah also you know just like any indicator you have to wait until the candles close in order to, to uh, say that 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 indication is valid anyway. So that the week's not closed yet. So it's indicating, of course, we're having bearishness this week. But we all know anybody that's been in this uh, in the market for more than uh, three months will know that, that sometimes, you know, I mean, even on our huddle uh, huddle uh, uh, battle that we do every week, sometimes, you know, somebody will be winning uh, in the morning. And then by the time the stream happens, the price is up eight thousand dollars and every indicator that we had completely flipped uh, in that time frame. So you have to wait for those, uh, those th that time period to close for that, that indication to be something that you really take into full consideration. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Absolutely right. Let's go ahead and transition to the next segment. Well, let's do it. So as you guys know, Elon Musk offered to... <laughs> <laughs> Take Tesla private at $420 a share. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was three years ago's news. Take Twitter private at $500 at $54.20 a share not long ago. He filed with the SEC making that offer. And recently, some news has come out that Charles Hoskinson said this. Jump onto my screen. Charles Hoskinson said yesterday at 4.44 p.m., uh, 448. Elon, if Twitter rejects your offer, then hit me up. Happy to build a decentralized one. So this is Charles Hoskinson, the same Charles Hoskinson that we did an interview with. Very, very, very intelligent guy. And he is basically telling Elon Musk, hey, look, <laughs> I can do the tech. You can do the funding. Let's go do this. And we will build a decentralized Twitter. The question on the floor right now is, one, is Elon Musk going to get into a legal battle with Twitter because he's offering to buy it and, the, and Twitter, the company, is trying to reject that ability for him to buy from other stakeholders? Is there going to be a legal battle there? And we're going to talk about that a little bit. And two, if Elon Musk doesn't do that, do, will, is he actually serious about trying to build a second uh, competitor to Twitter that's a more decentralized, more free speech uh, type of platform? Because I don't know about you guys, and we can open the discussion with this, I actually think Twi Elon Musk is dead serious. I think he is completely serious. I think he would literally spend four, uh, $42 billion to buy Twitter. I actually want to throw it to Smay first on this one. Do you agree with that? Do you think he's serious in this or is this a meme or do you think this is a meme that's going to turn serious like Dogecoin? What do you make of Elon Musk's uh, SEC filing? Well, I mean, it's exactly what we discussed yesterday. Okay. I think it's exactly like I think he's being dead serious as well because just like with his other companies, right? 
SpaceX is advancing human civilization in terms of uh, space travel. Uh, Tesla is trying to optimize the way that we're using energy uh, in terms of our all here on Earth. You know, on the the way we drive our cars and and the solar uh, solar panels and stuff like that. Then you know. Elon Musk is a guy who builds companies that change the world. You know, that's what he wants to do. That's what he started with PayPal and, and so on. So this is very much so it's another step in, in in exactly what he's trying to do is now he's trying to take on this social media space, which has been kind of this headache for the world right now. It's mm-hmm. been this thing that's like mm-hmm. it's there's not really a good social media platform anymore. There's so much censorship. There's so much all these different things. And, and there's not a really good talent square for people to be online and just be themselves and now that's i think that is now where elon is coming to tackle that and and he says well why start from scratch because you could you could argue well why doesn't he spend all that money and just build start his own company right well you know twitter's already got the use the user base twitter's already got the systems to be able to do it why not just buy twitter and then have everything you need right off the bat you don't have any time of trying to get you don't have to do brainwares you don't have to get people on your platform you don't have to do anything like that you're just ready to go off to the races um so ultimately i think he's dead serious and that's why he's wanting to turn Twitter into this platform that's going to be able to serve this purpose instead of trying to build build something from scratch. Well, I completely agree with you. Speaking from the perspective of somebody who has built a company from zero to 16 employees, and by the way, that's not me. All glory to God on that. I'm very blessed to that, but I've walked through that. It is not easy to build a company the size of ours, let alone a company like Twitter that has 7,500 employees, that has a 10-year track record, that has, you know, hundreds of millions of users. $40 billion is not enough to rebuild that. You think $40 billion is an infinite amount of money? No, that's a finite amount of money and it's getting lower as inflation happens. If he were to try to build a competitor to Twitter, quite frankly, he probably would never get that thing to be bigger than Twitter. He really wouldn't. And and, and he'd have millions of people transition over, but he'd have half a billion people on the platform if he just bought it. Mm. So I do think that he is serious, and I do think that this is something that will probably end up happening unless Elon Musk decides to change his mind. But Tim, let me ask you this. Do you think he is actually open to building a secondary platform if he does not get his way with Twitter? And if he does, do you think he would ever take up uh, Charles Charles Hoskinson's offer or would he just do it on his own? So I I have two thoughts that I want to unpack here. The first one is I haven't seen him get involved. And when I say he, I mean Elon, get involved with Cardano. I've never seen him go against Cardano and Charles, but I've also never seen him kind of engage with them before. This one's interesting, though. This one's really interesting because we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Again, this is the confirmation of the discussion we had yesterday is of Elon. How serious is Elon about actually doing this? Uh, This is almost the complete confirmation going on the TED interview and saying, I will have a plan B. If, If I don't go through with this, I will have a plan B. Why? Why is Elon wanting to do this? What are his motivations? His motivations are he is tired of seeing restricted speech. He wants to see an opening of that. He wants to see free speech. He wants people to express themselves. He wants to, again, this is another form. We talked about, you know, we're talking about Twitter. This is a crypto channel. Why is it so crucial? Because why is crypto so massive and why do people love it so much? It's the decentralization of the whole ordeal. What Elon is talking about, even though he wants to own this company, is he wants there to be this feel of people can do whatever they want and uh, without the consequences. Who is another person that has that same fight against the centralized systems, against the people that are are cancel culture, who are against are, are trying to quiet people? That's Charles Hoskinson. His yep. why and what he's doing with Cardano, I think matches very, very well with the why Elon Musk is doing a lot of the different things he does. So could this be the opening uh, gates to a relationship between them? But here's here's what you do have to we do have to back up and even start with this. We don't know if there's even going to need to be a plan B because this is the cool story right now. If Twitter denies him, all right, fine. He's going to go do it somewhere else. That's kind of what we talked about a little bit yesterday. Uh, we actually, in the show on Saturday, the Between Two Coins, you're going to see it tomorrow. We talked a little bit about this with Nick Dye. Uh, but my point here is let's not get ahead and start planning on plan B because plan A has not failed. You know, I was actually watching an episode of Pomp the other day. I got what he, the great best business show on, I don't know. He calls it something. I was watching. He had a lawyer on there, uh, a guy who knows fiduciary law. I'm going to preface this by saying I do not know fiduciary law, but I was listening to him talk about because this is a public company, 
if Twitter refuses to sell at this level, all right, maybe nothing happens yet, but if Elon really wants it, Elon's going to up his bid, maybe go up to 50 billion. And so right now he's at 42, something like that. Yeah. Go up to 50 billion. Are they going to deny it then? All right, we're starting to get into some grounds where stockholders have the right to sue Twitter over refusing to sell. There's actually a case that it's really boiling down to Elon will get Twitter if he's willing to spend all the money he wants on it, or there's going to be a massive lawsuit. So I think that Twitter, I actually, if I had to bet, if I were to put odds on, is Elon going to own Twitter or is Elon going to go plan B? I think the odds are on tw- he's going to get Twitter. I agree. Because A, there's going to be a massive lawsuit if that doesn't happen. And again, I don't know fiduciary law. Do your own research on it. But again, someone who did know what he was talking about was talking about that. The second thing is, let's say Twitter does refuse it. Let's say they avoid the lawsuit. Got it. You're telling me those stockholders are okay with this, knowing he's about to go plan plan B and they're going to lose all their money because it's going to compete with Twitter? No, that's not going to happen. I think Elon is going to eventually own Twitter. It might be months of drawn out uh, negotiation and debate and fight, but I, I just think the writing is on the wall. Elon is going to get his hands on Twitter. He's going to end up turning this a private company. That's where I'm putting the odds on right now. The reason that this is important and the reason this relates to cryptocurrency is because one of the foundational principles of crypto, of Bitcoin, and therefore the rest of crypto, was this concept of immutability. Bitcoin cannot be censored. It cannot be muted. It cannot be stopped because of its decentralized nature. It's laughable when countries around the world want to ban Bitcoin because for the first time in history, maybe not the first time in history, but in the most powerful way in history, I'll say that, except the laws of physics, we now have a force of nature that is beyond the grasp of the legal system to control. Bitcoin is fully immutable. You cannot stop it. It is a virus. It is a Trojan horse that will get everywhere. You can shut down every single node but one and you can build the entire network again. You'd have to destroy every single computer on the face of the planet and somebody could still print out on paper the transaction history and the blockchain history of Bitcoin and the network would persevere. It is completely and totally immutable and immutability is the exact same thing as freedom of speech. Let me make my case. I made this yesterday. This is just a reminder, and I'm going to keep reminding you of this because when we talk about freedom of speech on this channel, it's because we believe very strongly in it as a foundation of modern society in the uh, you know societal sovereignty movement, which we you know care about, but we mainly focus on financial sovereignty. Freedom of speech is immutability of your words. Bitcoin is immutability of a currency, of an asset class, of finance. It's financial immutability. Freedom of speech is social immutability. Now, what you have to understand is that those are the exact same concept. And if we're going to talk about the importance of immutability in Bitcoin, then we cannot ignore the importance of immutability elsewhere. I think it's very important that you have immutability in freedom of speech and let the society grow in the way that it will. That's very, very important. That's the reason that that is in not the second, not the third, not the fourth, but the first. First Amendment of the United States, which founded the entire modern free world. Freedom of speech is under attack in this modern world, and that is very dangerous. So I hope that Elon Musk does buy Twitter, and I hope that he does make it into a platform for freedom of speech. However, there is a very serious concern, and I'm going to try and figure out who said this. Somebody said this in chat, and I want to give them credit where credit is due. Um, tell me in chat uh, who said this, but somebody said that this is a that there is a very serious conflict of interest. The richest man on the wor- in the world owning the one of the largest social media platforms in the world. He's claiming to have free speech, but could he be the the new dictator that comes in and promises the world, and then he ends up being just as bad as the guy he overthrew? Kelly, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Oop. Oh. Oop. Oh. You oh, Kelly. Did he get censored? He got oh, censored. He's censored, on Twitter. There we go. Censoring myself. No, the, uh, the delivery man was ringing the bell, so I had to mute the mic. No, I mean, I, I don't know if it would be so much so that he would come in and be a dictator, but... Uh, you know, you know, my dad made a great point the other day, you know, it depend, regardless of what your politics are, you know, even when when Trump was censored uh, uh, two years ago or, or whenever it was, 
and removed. You know, it's like the Ayatollah Khomeini uh, still has yeah. uh, has a has a Twitter account, and uh, among a lot of other people uh, that uh, you know, regardless of what your state politics are here in the U.S., uh, would completely destroy your argument about why Trump should have been censored, right? So, uh, you know, th- that's interesting. But what's what's most interesting to me about all this is this uh, tweet yesterday that came out from uh, Zero Hedge. I had to, I couldn't find it on the, on the Twitter, so I just pulled it up on on Reddit, but Goldman Sachs is stepping in against trying to block this deal with, uh, with Elon Musk. And it's interesting. It's kind of shining light on their practices because they said the $54 and 20 cent offer was too low, but they have a sell rating on it right now with the price target down at $30. So how can they go about, and this sort of, that kind of illuminates not only the Twitter debacle, but just uh, traditional markets at large and the amount of uh, bank manipulation that goes in, you know, in any consideration with any of these things. So I, I think, uh, I think, at the end of the day, you know, uh, Elon Musk put out a, a poll on his on his page, and regardless of if it's skewed because uh, you know they're his followers, I, I think it's uh, more accurate than not, and that is that uh, should shareholders have the right to uh, make the decision whether they're taken over or not? You know, why is it the board? Uh, and that, that's a that's a great right. point. So it's going to be interesting whichever way this shakes out, uh, how this goes, and if it doesn't shake out, it's going to be very interesting to see how uh, Elon sort of uh, you know approaches his 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 answer to to being denied it's definitely going to be very interesting and actually i have a article up here over on uh, uh money.cnn you can see here these are the top 10 owners of twitter and also the top 10 mutual funds holding twitter you can see that this is where the actual ownership of twitter is so what we're seeing here is that the board on tw- at twitter is trying to say hey no you can't sell to elon musk that's not going to get them very far because eventually it is just going to come down to the fact that, hey, none of your business who I sell your stock to because it's a publicly traded company. And like Tim said, there could be very well, uh, there very well could be lawsuits there. Vanguard yeah. Group owns 8.3, 8.39%. Morgan Stanley that you were just talking about owns 8.8%. BlackRock owns 4.56%. SSGA Funds Management owns 4.5%. I'm not familiar with that. Uh, ARK Investment owns 2.1%. I did not know that ARK Invest owned 2% of Twitter. That's very interesting. That's a $600 million portfolio right there. Good for them. Aristotle owns 2.54%. Fidelity owns 2%, etc. These are obviously mostly brokerages and investment firms. So it's actually a lot of a lot of its individuals that own stocks through these companies. But we also see up here, mutual fund holders make up 40% of the owners. Other institutions make up 37%, and then 12% are individual stakeholders. Elon Musk could probably very easily, even if the board fought him on it, get over 50.1%, and he would have voting power. He would have more or less unilateral voting power, and then he would be able to overturn that decision anyway. So that would be a very big deal if he was able to do that. End of the 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 point and the, the the end of it is is that if he wants Twitter, he will get Twitter. It, it really is just that simple. Yeah. The question comes down to how much does he want it, and is he actually trying to move in the direction of saying, hey, this is the next way that I want to impact society, because that is true. That is his track record. As Smay said, he wants to make major impacts onto society, and also, as Smay said, the world of social media is colossally screwed up, and I think part, most of it has to do with the fact that there's not digital scarcity. That's one of the reasons I love Bitcoin and crypto. I think bringing blockchain technology to social media would actually very much help in the fight against censorship and also help in the fight against scamming because it would provide that digital scarcity and it would provide um, basically physical laws into the into the world of crypto. So I think it would be a very good thing. You know, last last thing I want to say about it, this Full is time. where you're gonna, you're almost going to get into a debate of ethics and morality and, and everything else because the concept of, oh, you know, should Elon, would, it, would that be a conflict of interest for the richest man in the world to own this? Good people can become evil. And I'm not calling Elon good, but I'm saying absolutely. Power can can pollute. It can be terrible. But there's this like there's this line of like saying, all right, we 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 don't want to censor people. We don't want to stop people. The whole point of the United States was that you could go from nothing to a lot. You can make yourself whatever you you could make yourself into. And and now you're starting to get to point, where's that line that we start punishing people for having too much money? Where's that line that we start shutting off and saying, nope, you're not allowed to do this? Because the precedence of saying you're not allowed to do this is the same precedence to use down to the lower guy and say, nope, you're not allowed to do this. Why? Because I say so. That's right. And, and it's, it's, so it's one of these things that you're really, we're starting to get into this wrestle point with, believe me, I understand that argument. I understand the, oh my gosh, how dangerous could it be if Elon Musk 
the, I mean, it seems like it fluctuates. The, one of the richest men in the world owned this. To be fair, though, I think someone did point out, you know, there's massive institutions or people that own newspapers and there's a, they kind of control it. Yeah. Why should we dock? It, it just is, it's just one thing. Why should we dock any individual from doing what they have built and are right. able to do? Absolutely. And, and again, I know that's a wormhole. I know there's a lot of debate that come out of that and there it's good debate. But at the same point, if you're worried about people taking too much power and too much control, guess what? One of the solutions to that is decentralized finance. Mm-hmm. Go read the Bitcoin standard. I'm about to start reading the fiat standard where it dives into that exact problem with how the world works is that without a solid money, without the backing of gold that we had for thousands of years, we need something else to take in place or the corruption like that will continue to happen. Bitcoin levels the playing field. It doesn't make everyone the same amount of wealth. It allows people to have an equal playing field to create wealth, to create power, to have and to do what they want to do with their life. We have a very good question in chat. Yeah. John Doe. I don't Ooh. know who he is. His name's John Doe. Who is he? Anonymous. I don't know. His name's John Doe. Uh, he says, uh, actually, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It wasn't John Doe. It was actually the guy above Nicholas Bates. He <laughs> said, how does Tim always wear hoodies in Florida? It's a superpower, really. It's a superpower. Okay. Yeah, there you go. There's uh, it is cold. It is cold I'd say in the AC's office. flowing in here. So. <laughs> it is. It is pretty cold in this office. That's why I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt. Yeah. Let's go ahead and read some super chats. That was great, Tim. Yeah, we got uh, we're going to look at someone just a minute in chat. Look at the price. Jeb, I know. your price prediction didn't fail you. Oh, it bumped like $800. And, and we're going to go. talk about this here in just a second. So just by the way, we didn't get to talk about this. It's not going to be. The Bears are going to win the option expiry happening here in 10 minutes. They're going to win it. But if we can get above 41000 that'll limit the damage. So right now as it stands, I think, I can't remember the exact numbers. There's an article here that talks about it. Uh, we'll discuss that here in a little bit after Super Chats, though. Uh, 11 o'clock is the time, though. Option expiry happening. Happens. Let's watch that price of Bitcoin. Can it get to forty-one thousand? It's bigger than just the Hoddle Trophy. It'll help limit the Bears' uh, control of hmm. what the current market. Yeah. Coin Father though said uh, he said this earlier, but we didn't get to read it earlier. I love this show, Jeb, Tim, Smay, Kelly. Keep up the great work. Oh, you all do you. such a wonderful mm-hmm. job of bringing great content and news in the digital asset space. Have a wonderful Easter with your family. Thank you so much, Coin Thank Father. You very much. I agree. You as well. Thank you very much. Everybody out there, you know, have a great, great uh, weekend. Uh, Mike Markle uh, said, "Would love to see Elon hook up with Charles. What a pair that would be." Just wanted to yeah. say, hey, haven't been able to chat a live, uh, catch a live stream recently. Love and respect the team. We love you, Mike. Uh, by the way, I, I love. I've gotten to talk with Mike on a couple different occasions. Love that guy. Uh, go follow him on Twitter. I don't know. I think his handle is probably just Mike Markle. I don't know. Um, Brad Geidel, who's been a member for seven months now, I think he got it fixed because he also donated later. Uh, said I'm tr- he's been a job I for seven months. Said I'm trying to send a super chat, but keeps telling me to try again. And then I think it ended up working because the next one he g- was able to give and just wanted to send his thanks and support. Well, thank you so much, Brad. It was a pleasure to meet you down at uh, Bitcoin 2022, and it was a pleasure to have you at the office. You came by the office on what was it Tuesday? Was it Tuesday? Tuesday. Or was yeah. it Thursday? It was Tuesday. Yeah, it was Tuesday. I'm sorry. Gosh, this week has gone by fast. Thank you so very much for coming by the office, Brad. It was great to hear your story and. Uh, we were, we were very encouraged by it. So yeah. shout out to you, my friend. Real quick, what I was just talking about, let's go real, you know, Bitcoin right now sitting at 40, oh, got up to 40,800, but now it's back down to 40,000, about 600 or so. Go to my screen real quick. This article right here, Bitcoin bulls need to reclaim 41,000 ahead of Friday. $615 million Bitcoin option expiry. Let me ex- go scroll down to the, the numbers. Here's where we are. If we are between 39,000 and 41,000, which is what we currently are, that's 950 calls versus 5,400 puts. The net result favors the bear instruments by 180 million dollars. If we can get above 41 million, this isn't a win for the bulls necessarily, but it's a, a step in the right direction because it limits it down to the uh, favors the bulls 41 100 million. million. So what? You said if we can get above 41 million. Uh, those I'm just like, speaking we're definitely not 41, 41 million. We need 41 million, you know, everyone invests everything. Uh, okay. 41,000 42. Again, I think it's kind of a stretch here in the next 8 minutes for us to get above that. But uh, if we can get above 41,000, which we're seeing some little you know, fight from the bulls there, it will limit that only 100 million. Again, if we got about 42, probably not going to happen. It puts it down to 60 million for the Bears win. It would be 43. And remember, that's actually stupid close to what I was talking about. That's funny how that's where the the, the put is because on a technical standpoint, that also is the level we need to get back to to cancel this tertiary bearish movement we've been in that Jeb talked about yesterday. Go back and watch the show if you don't know what we're talking about. But yeah, so we got, we got about seven minutes now. Jeb, I would say it is... You know, we got two minutes where we can officially give you that hodl trophy, but you did. You lucked out because, as we said I in the did. beginning, 
that if he had if he had said forty thousand or forty two thousand even he would have been safe because he just needs it over forty thousand because he moved it to forty thousand forty two thousand five hundred he had to get it above forty thousand two fifty which it was not looking like it was gonna get there but now it is uh, again we have it's a matter of of minutes now before we crown the winner but unless there's a massive sell off it goes and goes back down to Smay it does look like Jeb is gonna win the Hollywood Trophy Jeb when was the last time I think it's been a minute it's about it's been time. a minute it's been a minute about time that you won the Hollywood it Trophy. has been a minute I am looking forward to holding the huddle trophy and uh it's one minute away but i'm just gonna go ahead and set it right here it might get stolen from me you never know somebody could come and sell bitcoin hopefully elon musk doesn't yeah, uh true. but it yeah. looks like we're gonna be there and everybody you know we were the the price action is doing some nice stuff right now we're definitely fighting with that resistance on that downward channel that we're in so if this, in this next hour if we close if we close above, let's say forty thousand six hundred, uh, because that would be the four-hour candle, uh, and of course the two-hour and the one-hour, uh, that could be setting us up for some more bullish movement today. But uh, as it is right now, we've wicked up above it, and we're back in that channel. So yeah, uh, yeah. some movements happening, but we gotta you gotta wait for those candle closures, which is great. It's looking very very encouraging. Let's see, we have yeah, we have a super chat coming in ten from seconds. Tom, we'll we'll read the super chat and then again. It, you're going to win. Tom Wilkes said, Jeb, if you opened my eyes to a great point, I'll say, Jeb, you, oh, that wasn't a question. That was a statement. Jeb, you opened my eyes to a great point. I was previously fearful of what Elon could do if he owned Twitter, but to your point, he very well could ensure that social media can be free-ish of the scam artists. I think that's yeah. absolutely right, because yeah. here's the thing is, if people are like, well, I'm scared of what Elon's going to do with Twitter, well, are we happy with what currently is happening on Twitter? Like, I mean, do we love the current level of yeah, control and manipulation and everything else going on there? Yeah. So it's, it's at worst, it's trading one evil for another, but at best, it's like, well, there's an opportunity. Yeah. There's yeah. a big, and there's a big opportunity. I tell you what, there's a huge, huge opportunity for, for the betterment of social media if he does take it over. And I personally think that if he does take it over, it will end up being, it's not gonna be perfect, but it will be end up being a better system than otherwise. Elon Musk is a very, very, um, he's a very uh, countercultural uh, person, and I think that he would very much be on the on the side of being countercultural against modern censorship. He doesn't like it. He's been censored before. He really does not like that. So hopefully, he will uh, use that power wisely. By the way, Tom, thank you very much for all the for the signed books. He got us yeah. four signed copies of books from Safadine almost signed by Safadine. Um, he got us two copies of the Bitcoin Standard, one for Tim and myself, and two copies of the Fiat Standard, one for Tim and myself. And he bo also wrote both of us a letter, which I changed. And I will use it as a bookmark when I'm reading through the Fiat Standard. Thank you very much, Tom. That was a, a very, very nice letter that you wrote me. And uh, I read it with my wife because she was actually in office yesterday. You guys didn't see her, but read it with her. And uh, it was really cool. It was really cool. So thank you very much for that, Tom. Looks like I did win the HODL trophy. You cool did. beans. You did win. Cool Congratulations. Beans. Thank you very much. I well, appreciate come that. Come on. Come on, Smash. I need some help. Yeah. Is there applause? Do we have an applause? Like, uh, it was just laughed. The track. I, I, knew I knew he was going to do that. I was literally thinking in my head, somebody's about to hit the crickets. I knew it. I knew it. Well, guys, it's been a great show. I hope you did enjoy. Make sure to check out iTrust Capital. Link is in the description box down below. And also, don't forget about Token Metrics. I say, yeah, if you want to go to my screen real quick, guys, Token Metrics is one of my new favorite ones. And uh, it, it, you're not, you're wrong screen. There we wrong go. Wrong button. Uh, I don't know why it's on Cardano. Let me make sure I was looking at Cardano. But this is a super cool, super cool tool. Again, especially with my more heavy side in the technical analysis, I, I do a lot. I try to research and do a lot about fundamentals, about the technology and everything. This is a great tool to help you learn that thing. But this right here, if you go to analytics right here, indices, uh, this tells you right now, because they, they have a whole system here of what you should be investing in, what you should not. They tell you if you had this portfolio, what your, your return. So at the moment, uh, I think there's a couple of these that are in negative, but again, the crypto market as a whole in the last couple of days has been negative. Uh, it would tell you what your return on investment would be, which really cool even getting more specific. Let's say, for example, I'm just going to do Bitcoin. Uh, it will tell you based off of all of their different metrics, and I'll show what just happened to my, there we go. Ah! There we go. Okay. It'll tell you based off of a lot of different metrics what's happening here. So first of all, right now, and it, it, we can confirm this with what we talk about on the show, Bitcoin is not a great one to invest in right now. On the monthly 62.24, it's kind of good. Anything over 75 is really, really a great place to buy. Everything below, I think they said uh, 30 is where you're considering selling. So maybe it's saying that Bitcoin's in a spot in daily chart to sell. But it has a lot of different things it measures. Technical analysis, well, it, it says technical analysis is really down bad. We kind of 
talked about that a little bit. There are some bullish points there, but there's some short-term bearish points there. Quantitative, fundamental technology, it rates them, and it tells you what coins are in a good spot to buy, what coins are not in a good spot to buy. And everybody who has invested and been using this tool since its beginning is 9x their crypto holdings. It is a phenomenal tool, especially if you're a new, uh, you're new to the space and you're trying to learn how to fundamentally get on board with what's happening. This is the tool that helps you understand what's happening there. I definitely recommend it. Link in the description down below. Again, one of my favorites. Go get it. Make sure to check out Token Metrics. The link is down below. If you guys enjoyed today's stream, make sure to hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and make sure to follow Follow us on our real social media platforms at CryptoJeb over on Instagram and Twitter, at CryptoJeb Official over on TikTok. Make sure to follow all of these fine gentlemen. You can find their links in the description at TA, at Tim's underscore TA, at uh, Sme Nakamoto, and at Kelly Kellum. I do believe all of those are in the. Uh, all of those are indeed in the description. And also make sure Perfect. to follow T-Shroom. T-Shroom is the writer of a lot of our content and uh, the video that we did yesterday on Ethereum, which I thought turned out really well. If you want to know where Ethereum is going over the next, over the rest of this year, yesterday's video is definitely going to help you out with that. Uh, looks like Bitcoin could drop below the winning price here in the next couple of minutes, so that'd be pretty I don't know. Funny. It's still 4,400. It's, it's at 40,400. No, nah, I don't. it's not going to make it to 41. No, probably nah, not. So the bears no. are going to get that $180 million. Yeah, it looks like the bears are going to see about $180 million dollar win and win yeah anyway guys if you enjoyed today's stream smash that like button that's all we got for you today though before i go i do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching as always and i will see you guys in the next video peace oh i got a real good feeling we hope you enjoyed listening to the coffee and crypto podcast tune in every day at 9 30 a.m eastern to watch live on youtube Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJeb. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at McAfee Media.